Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. On today's episode, we're talking with Ingrid Kukulian, Head of Impact and Sustainability at Federated Hermes. Ingrid is responsible for the construction and management of the portfolios within Federated Hermes' impact and sustainability strategies, and among other activities, is the non-executive director of Fair for All Finance, an organization founded in the with UK dormant asset money to create positive impact by promoting financial inclusion in the UK. Ingrid, welcome to The Greener Way. Obviously, investing capital to create positive real-world impact is a passion of yours. So can you introduce yourself and explain your role at Federated Hermes? Good morning, and thank you for having me. As you mentioned, I'm Head of Impact and Sustainable Investing at Federated Hermes, which involves management of the portfolios focused on public equities, as well as thought leadership around the subjects of impact and biodiversity in particular. Excellent. So what does that entail, um, Ingrid, on a day-to-day basis in terms of both the thought leadership and the sustainable investing strategy? It entails analyzing companies, um, finding good investment opportunities, liaising with my policy and engagement colleagues to ensure that the companies that we invest in are on top of the regulations, also understanding the implications of the upcoming regulations, as well as speaking to clients. And uh, what I enjoy the most is speaking to corporates themselves. Excellent. Well, that's a that's a good lead into my next question. Are asset owners and companies doing enough to achieve their ESG commitments, particularly around climate and then the big question around biodiversity? That's a great question. And maybe to start with climate, climate is well ahead of biodiversity and mm-hmm. companies are already trying to align their commitments with net zero commitments and the one and a half degrees. So in terms of the climate, it's pretty easy, you know, and it's also very easy for investors to monitor Mm. um, what's going on. Um, The company needs to set their target and also set the milestones on how they're going to achieve that target whether Mm. it's reduction or whether it's the alignment with the one and a half degrees. Biodiversity is much more complex for a number of reasons. First of all, um, there are five main drivers of biodiversity loss. There are many metrics. It's a local issue. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you have to put into the context both the local and the global impacts. Um, The companies are also struggling to understand which guidance they should be using in order to tackle biodiversity. And we are very happy that TNFD will be launched this month because we believe that will be a game changer in terms of helping companies to report on their biodiversity impacts and dependencies. Mm. Has Federated Hermes been part of the pilot group with TNFD and and has it proved useful um, for you as an analytical tool um, in in sort of, you know, if if you've unpacked it a little bit? Yes, uh, we found it very useful in our communication with the companies to tell them Mm. what they should be looking at and what is likely to be the global guidance 
but we have also set up our own biodiversity impact database where we are actually quantifying the biodiversity impacts and dependencies of our investee companies. So we have been mainly focusing on this. But for a more general and let's call it a first step on how to approach biodiversity, we have been recommending to corporates to look at TNFD. And how have you, with that, and sorry, I just want to unpack this a little more because, you know, the question of biodiversity impacts and dependencies is such a huge question and and so important for a country like Australia. In terms of your internal um, analysis at Federated Hermes, Ingrid, what are you focusing on? Is it sort of the standard, you know, deforestation, water, air pollution, where there's sort of known data, or are there other things that you're looking at as well at, at in within your internal processes? So our database consists of more than 20 KPIs and with regards to biodiversity, the main ones for us are obviously water, waste, pollution and deforestation. And then we have company specific, some which may include species prevention of uh, species loss, prevention Mm -hmm. of virgin land. We also look at particulars of replacement of recycling, so reduction in plastics use. Uh, It's a very detailed database. I mean, the number of, of dependencies and sort of factors that you could find within, you know, a specific asset level ecosystem can be so rich and complicated. It's it's really fascinating um, to delve further into this. Yeah. Let's take just one uh, one country then as an example. Um, How are we doing here in Australia? Um, What is Australia doing around climate action and biodiversity action? Have you identified any challenges um, with particularly with companies within the Federated Hermes portfolios? Sure. So um, (laughs) that would be a very long answer to how Australia is doing. But um, let's put it this way, it's doing much better than how it was doing a couple of years ago. And biodiversity is extremely important for Australia because Mm. economic dependence on nature and exposure to risks is very high. Mm. And Australia should actually be one of the main global actors in ensuring the protection and restoration of biodiversity. And the reason for this is that you are very fortunate that you account for 10%, approximately 10% of all global species, and 80% of which are actually endemic to Australia. So we are seeing green shoots emerging from your government. Mm -hmm. So for instance, in July of 2022, They have enacted 30 by 30, which Mm -hmm. is a protection of lands and seas, 30% of lands and seas by 2030. Then we also saw at the end of last year, the Threatened Species Action Plan, which is very welcome. And this is very important because it's going to be a pathway for threatened species conservation and recovery over the next 10 years. And we will be monitoring on how that is going. We have big hope for that. Mm. And then this year, the government has also introduced the Nature Repair Bill. When it comes to climate change, um, it will be mandatory for reporting from next year. And Mm -hmm. obviously, they're already using TCFD as a requirement for reporting. 
it's also widely anticipated that Australia will integrate ISSB uh, Sustainability 1 and, and Climate 2 Correct. as well, which will simplify matters in terms of harmonization and interoperability to a great extent, I imagine. Correct. It's also really interesting to consider, um, you know, Australia's role as sort of a regional leader um, with our, you know, with fragile ecosystems around the Asia Pacific and Oceania uh, region as well. Uh, I assume there's a lot of potential interest and potential impact that Australia could have beyond the borders of our of our island. Very much so. And we are hoping mm. that's the role that you will be playing. Now, Mining and resources have been the subject of a lot of active ownership and stewardship activity uh, when, with regards to climate change. But this is not the only sector that investors should be working with, are they? I mean, you wrote a piece for FS Sustainability uh, about the agricultural sector that we were really pleased to publish. Where mm. else should investors be looking uh, when it comes to climate and also biodiversity? Well, let's call it a big focus in terms of obviously the extractive industries with regards to climate change and then to biodiversity. Mm. But the focus should actually move towards deforestation and rejigging of our food systems and agriculture. The reason for this is twofold. First of all, climate change is only one of the five main drivers of biodiversity loss. So biodiversity loss and climate change are interlinked. We believe that biodiversity loss should be preceding climate change, mm. given that it's only one of the five drivers. And mm. if you really want to tackle climate change and help biodiversity, we should stop deforestation immediately and we should be looking at redesigning the agricultural systems. And if you look how the interlinking works all together, look, the facts are very sad. Annually, today we kill 80 billion animals, mm. majority of which are industrially reared. It's not very healthy. That's why we are also getting increasingly ill. You know, the animals are filled with steroids, antibiotics, mm. hormones, and they're very stressed, not really the type of protein that we should be eating. 30% of our soil is already degraded. And if you look at the planet, 50% of all the habitable land is already used for agriculture. So where is the problem? Well, the problem is that agriculture and livestock emit more emissions than all of the transportation. So car, trucks, train and air combined. Mm. Second problem is as well that if you look at deforestation itself, 71% of all the deforestation, tropical deforestation to be precise, has been driven by agriculture. What happens is once you repurpose that forest to become pasture land, it's very important to mention that usually this pasture land becomes overgrazed within five years. Second thing is that the affected area, so that forest that we lost, will never be a forest again, which has huge implications around species, water and climate change. And when it comes to species themselves, in terms of the displacement, the data is very sad globally. 80% of animals have been displaced globally due to deforestation. And this is also causing 
an increase in zoonotic diseases that mm. we have been evidencing around the world. Mm. It's also highly correlated, inter- interrelated to each other, isn't it? You know, impacting yeah. on species abundance, impacts health, impacts people. It's, exactly. it's, it's wonderfully intertwined. We would love to see more focus on this, you know, let's mm. just move from the emissions, etc. And then mm. let's not forget one last very important global ecosystems, which is our oceans mm-hmm. and the nutrient runoffs from chemicals that mm. are causing, you know, problems in the ocean as well as the acidification. It's really interesting from that perspective. I think in response to that, the current government here in Australia has outlined that they're taking a sectoral approach to decarbonization and they've identified agriculture as one of those key sectors along with industrial, along with mining and resources. It seems as though increasingly from a from a governmental and a legislative potentially perspective, um, there's more of a regard to this. Um, but that of course impacts investors both in terms of risks and in terms of opportunities. So how do you explore this from your perspective at, at Federated Hermes? Great question again. And if you look at the risk side, we have been focusing mostly on the risk side because mm. we think it has a greater owner. So a company that is not taking into account whether it's climate change or biodiversity and biodiversity in particular, um, you know, with all the regulation that is upcoming, everything that is going on, um, if you're not taking adequate action as a corporate, you will probably going to be left behind. Uh, mm. You will probably be dealing with suboptimal business models, stranded assets in a few years' time, if not sooner. Mm. And you're facing a number of risks, whether it's reputational risk, whether it's, as I mentioned, regulatory risk, physical risks, and systemic risks. Mm. So our focus has been very much on the risk side. Um, One of the reasons for that is that if you take just biodiversity into account, um, S&P Trucos did a global study of, of, uh, but did a study of the global market cap where they Mm. found less than 1% of the companies in the global index take into account SDG 14 and SDG 15, which Mm -hmm. are your biodiversity SDGs. And that's very worrisome. So Mm. what we have been doing, we have been engaging with companies as asking them to start understanding their impacts and dependencies on biodiversity and to start with baby steps, and what we mean by baby steps, just think about avoiding negative mm-hmm. impact that you have mm-hmm. on biodiversity. So we are not at this stage even asking them you know, to set metrics or to think further. Let's just start with trying to limit the damage. Mm, and so, yeah, just to clarify for our audience, SDG 14, the Sustainable Development Goals, SDG 14 is life underwater and SDG 15 is life on land, which... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I love I love the phrasing of both of those, so I'm, I'm happy to drop it in, whatever. Um, Ingrid, there's there's a lot to be really concerned about, but let's let's try and finish on an optimistic note. What gives you hope in your role? The... If I have to single out one thing that is giving me huge hope is the mm-hmm. global biodiversity framework, mm-hmm. which was or the COP known as COP15, which was agreed last December in Montreal, mm-hmm. and um, this has been signed by hundred and uh, uh, 
by 190 finance ministers um, globally, and mm-hmm. it's calling for a very ambitious agenda, which includes 30 by 30. It's mm-hmm. also calling for a 50% reduction in global waste, a 50% reduction in chemical fertilizers and pesticides, a phasing out of the subsidies to the level of $500 billion per annum. And this is very, very important because mm-hmm. there is no sugar coating it. The subsidy system today is designed to destroy nature. And it's been found mm-hmm. that over 90% of the subsidies are actually having a negative effect on nature. Mm-hmm. So what gives me hope is as we see this targets being translated into national level regulation, we will see positive impacts uh, across governments, across corporate. And the first green shoots of this are already appearing in the EU with the EU deforestation law, which today does not allow any unsustainable timber to be imported into the EU. So this harmonization of global laws and regulations, which will translate into corporate behavior, gives me great hope that we can do a lot going forward. Excellent. Well, Ingrid Kukulian of Federated Hermes, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you liked today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allenbackis. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.